What is the uh, Rock Merlot? I'm bringing up Rock because everybody knows him on the podcast and the TV show from Duck Hunting. And you got to spend some time with him again, his crew down there. What is it about, like, that operation and, and what they got that's a little bit different than anywhere else we go? Like, I, it's hard for me to put in words, like, how family-orientated. Maybe it's the family part of it, of how family-orientated it is and how Rock brings us all in as true family. I don't know. What do you get out of it? Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it, it's funny. It's like you're hunting with your dad might be a strong word you know but he's kind of like a father figure like because he's always calling you good boy good son. Just, yeah and i don't know how old he is but his he carries himself as like a like Very a distinguished real gentleman. mature yeah yeah always dressed he's like nice, 53 you know? 54 oh so he's he's younger yeah i he's yeah i i love that area dude that that area if it wasn't in california would be a place that i'd i'd want to live you know what i mean when it's you get beautiful I, I, the one thing I is hard to get used to is how far you drive everywhere. You, you wouldn't know? like it down there in the in, and in the, the summer. I would probably hate it too. The bugs around all oh, the rice and, hot. The, and then I can't breed down there because all the almonds or the almonds and the walnuts, yeah, and all the nuts and the dust and the machinery going off and the the crop dusters are my favorite thing. We saw a couple flying when we were down there. I, I mean, how those guys are? They've got thousands of hour, hour, hours, but dude, they're like daredevils. Oh, they're they're flying like eight feet off the ground, dude. We we literally I do it. we thought one was going to hit the truck. It turned out he was way further in front of us than we thought. But you know, right over the highway, down onto the rice. I think they were planting at that time, or maybe they were spraying pesticide or whatever. But yeah, dude, you know, does the crop takes off. No, I love uh, everybody in Rocky's outfit is the same is the same way too. You know what I mean? They're just all very cool to you, treat you like family, let you, you know, you stay in the place. You, it's just it's it's a great time it's a it it quickly became like a thing where you want to be down there you know definitely hunting a couple times a year and fishing if you can do you enjoy turkey hunting yeah i do i i I don't know i I guess it's kind of i've only killed one in my life but one yeah i've had i i had an opportunity this last time i didn't take it um you know, I've been other times and just not been successful. I, when it happens, it's great. But when it's not happening, it's uh, it's pretty frustrating. You know what I mean? I don't know. Very. It, like it's like it's a lot like coyote hunting in that, right? You know, what I mean, like when you're calling at them and they're gobbling and they're responding and they're strutting and but they're a hundred yards away and they won't finish and it's it's frustrating, right? And then coyote hunting can be a lot the same way. You know, you're calling, they'll come in, they you know they won't commit they they spook whatever and it or or just no action whatsoever you know you get into those i guess like any hunting you get into those lulls and but when it's when it's right man it's cool to see you know this last time we didn't have as as much luck as we had you know the first time we had turkeys in the decoys you know beating up the the decoys and going nuts and gobbling and all that and this last time i I think we were just a little bit too late we didn't really get a lot of that, but the couple times that it did happen, it was it was pretty cool to see. Were you man. on Chances Hunt, or was that did that go down before you got there? No, I was there. What yep. were, how would that take place? You know that was that was cool in the morning. You know they were they were gobbling and stuff. They just they didn't 
they weren't responding to a call like that. And so we kind of did the shoot and scoot method and, uh, scoot and shoot. You mean he had a fan, he had a, a, a fan off of a dead bird and, you know, he held it up and they kind of belly crawled into the orchard. And it's funny because we actually had one that was coming in that would have come right in and, and wanted to fight and, and they didn't see him. We were, you know, we all obviously couldn't go. So Clint and I were back a little ways and they didn't see it till it, till it was already spooked, you know, but it ended up working out anyway. Cause they, like I said, they kind of held that fan up and they belly crawled out into this orchard. Uh, Cause there's no way to get into, into the orchard. Once they get into the orchard, if they're you're not in there, they see your legs moving or any kind of movement and they just, they'll just keep moving away from you. Yeah. Well, they get behind that fan and then they kind of sit still and, and then you can, you know, they're not the smartest. They're very smart bird, hard to kill, but they're not like the smartest thing in the world. Cause these ones turn back, back around, start strutting right to them, you know, and, but not, they're not responding to a hen. They're call. very territorial. Yeah. And, and, and it's a little bit different. You know, you see them, they're all balled up, their fans out, you know, they're, they're doing their, what you want to see them do, but they're not real aggressive. You know, they're not, they're not running into that deal, but they, they're very wary of what's going on or they don't want that other Tom in their orchard, you know, with them, but they weren't really coming to fight. So it's a different kind of, they're all balled up and moving around like real, you know, like almost like they're dancing and stuff, but never fighting or anything like that. And they would gobble and all that. And it was cool to see, you know, there was six or eight of them that were all out there, just, just all strutting around, all balled up and, I mean, the bird that Chance killed was a giant, dude. Giant stud. You see the the fan on that thing from 80 yards away, and you're just like, oh, my God, giant. Yeah, I don't know if I'm a big fan of the, the, the you know, the reaping, they call it. Yeah. You know, I don't – I want to be more of a traditional turkey hunter, but here's the deal. Like, Philip Culpepper put it to me, hey, by any means necessary, as long as it's ethical and legal um, – I'm definitely not a fan of the archery hunting, a turkey. Never will be. Nobody will ever persuade me that that's good for turkey hunting, okay, or duck or goose. I just feel I feel so strongly. I'm not going to say don't do it. If it's legal, do it. Go hunt. But I feel so strongly against archery turkey hunting because I think there's way more crippled turkeys oh, yeah. than there are killed turkeys, dead turkeys. They're meant to be killed with a 12-gauge in the face, maybe a 20-gauge with TSS. Now people are killing them with a 410 because there's so many small BBs in a 36-inch pattern or a 30-inch circle that you can put a turkey down as long as they're, you know, 30 yards or closer but i still think that the intimacy of turkey hunting is what gets me so the reaping in that sneaking up deal same as sneaking up on a coyote if i know there's a coyote over that ridge i know that everybody has that that ideology or that analogy of like the only good coyotes a dead coyote i don't think like that i have a huge amount of respect for coyotes i respect ranching and farming but i truly believe in ethical predator management not f the coyotes and kill every coyote there is mm-hmm. that we intruded in on the coyotes land okay so I don't like the idea of sneaking over a ridge just to kill a coyote. I'd rather call them into 10 feet and shotgun them or see you kill one on the run at 80 yards with a, you know, a 22, 250, right? Right. But when you get that late in the season, and I just started thinking like this after I got back from that, this Tennessee turkey hunt, we were out there with Don Jr. and Gary Laval. I'm not going to name I mean, it was unreal, dude. This, this circle of people we've got to be friends with, it just blows my mind through hunting. Um but they marinated these turkey breasts and pickle juice and then made these nuggets. They look so good on your Instagram. Oh, did you see it? And I just went, and I'm not kidding you. When I ate those, I have never been a huge wild turkey nugget fan because most people try them out. They're like eating, you know, well done chicken or like a Cornish game hen, which is a very hard fowl or poultry to cook the right way. Mm-hmm. Dude, 
I literally, I, I guarantee I gained seven to eight and a half pounds that day. Just that one sitting of those nuggets with Bobby Johnson, I could not quit eating them. The, the the seasoned flour looked freaking edible. Yeah. You know, before it went on the turkey. And that's how I started doing them all. A little bit later, I didn't do any content with it. But in turkey camp in Tennessee, I went and did, I did, uh, after I left Bobby in that turkey deal, I went and did South Carolina gators. Okay. we I, I did Fried. Two, two recipes with South Carolina gators. My buddy Gary in Tennessee has a, fra- a deep fryer in his in his man cave lodge, and everybody there, including the guy that brought the gators that killed them, said they were the best. It was the best gator they ever tasted in their life. And I was like, and I had a lot to do with that flour mix, but I did it different. I did a be- a different egg beat, a different you know, like I did a different egg bath with it, where I mixed the the provider rubs and the egg all together, and I got it in there, and I really massaged it in with my hands and got them all wet and stuff, right? Layers so, of flavoring, yeah, layers of flavoring, and then I went to the flour and the cornmeal, and I and I flavored some of that again. I put a little Tony Chasseries in there, a little bit of slap, no, maybe it was slap your mama, but then the provider rubs again. And dude, I use flaky and and spawn on that gator, and I and we used on that you saw on that turkey we used covey and fowl, but I was like, man, this gator is unreal. But that now my point is on these wild turkeys is like, if it's any means necessary because you want to eat wild turkey and you can make them taste good, I, I've mounted some turkeys and I have some beautiful turkey mounts in Osceola and Easter and Amarian. I got I have the Grand Slam mounted, but I'm a huge fan of eating it now. And that pickle juice freaking marinade mm. was less than two hours. And it made all the difference in the freaking world. And I looked at Bobby and I'm like, how long have you known about this? Because I've been turkey hunting with you for like six, seven years. And you've never told me this. He goes, ah, but we've been doing this. You know, Bobby's just <laughs> like, ah, oh, you know how laid back Bobby's like, man, I, I don't remember the last time I did a turkey without <laughs> doing it in the pickle bath. And I was like, and dude, they, at that at that Nashville Palace, they serve some of the best pickles there are with their hot chicken at, at the scoreboard in the Nashville Palace. So they keep these, they got these huge jugs of pickle juice that they keep for shit like that. And I'm like, Bobby, I've got to find a way to get all of this exact pickle juice back to my pad. And so they're shipping me a bunch of it. Nice. And um, That's I'm how they marinate that. Nashville hot chicken, some recipes are buttermilk and pickle juice. That's how they do it there. Was the turkey and buttermilk too? No. Or just pickle juice? Just pickle juice. So, it's funny. Blew my mind, dude. Blew my mind. I'm like, I'm killing every turkey legally I can from now on because now I'm a fan of the meat. So, my goal this year was I wanted to mount one because I killed an ice bird last year, but I, I just didn't think to mount it, you know? And then this year, I was like, dude, if I, I want to kill a good one and I want to get a full strut mount. And I had a turkey, you know, at... 50 yards that I could have killed but it wasn't very you know it wasn't a big it wasn't a Jake you know but it was it was like a small Tom and I thought my goal is a mount you know and, and because I made unbelievable turkey jerky last year and I was like you know it actually Jilly was like are you gonna if you get one are you making that jerky again and I was like actually probably not because I want to get it mounted so I'm gonna give them the whole bird and I doubt they're gonna skin it out right there you know so we had a reverse of scenarios where you've already got all yours mounted. Now you want to eat them all. I was going to sacrifice eating it because I yeah. want to get one mounted for and my turkey room. Turkey mounts can be beautiful. Full strut ones, I think. Like the one at Rock's apartment, dude. That's a good-looking oh, turkey great. mount, Under dude. glass. And I got a yeah. full strut. It, the full one in strut. your house is What about the cool. one here? Have you seen this one on the limb? Yeah. That's awesome. Thing. That's a California Rio. That's off the Sacramento River on a whim. On a, uh, we were on the river hunting, but we weren't going to hunt this spot. And we were we were just 
kind of floating down the river and it got kind of shallow where we were and our boat hit a rock and i'm like oh yeah look i look back at paul and freaking we bum rush up the freaking side he'll park that that's fun when you're freaking hunting, I would like to do that too. when you're hunting around public property and you can get into places off of a river hunt with turkeys dude and you know i've done that in idaho off the snake for chuckers which i don't know why i was doing it because i despise <laughs> but i did it for chuckers and that's fun and i've done it for coyotes think about a boatload of coyotes uh, going back going back to a fur trade or going back to a contest or whatever you're in rocky's uh rocky took us out on that big jet boat and for sturgeon and and uh stripers and the turkeys were flying up into the trees over the river you know because you go that sturgeon fishing's pretty much all done at night at least yep. it was when we went most of the time it is and they were they were flying across that the river to go up into their roost trees you could you know you it was not i'm not saying hundreds of them but we probably saw 15 of them fly across the sacramento river and then they're going up into the roost trees that are up yeah. above the river and yeah because when they totally when cool. they pitch down out of those trees they'll they'll kind of know like we got to be on that side of the river day because that's where the best bugs are that's where the best right. food is or there's some wild hens over there you know so anyway that 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 is my favorite part of it now of i'm a meat hunter for turkeys now seriously yeah. because i and, and here's the other deal did you notice, did you have, did you pay attention to how much meat was on under that knife that Bobby was cutting up with that Kershaw? Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah. That was one side. Really? He took it off, dude. It looked like a, it looked like a, maybe like a two, three year old mule deer freaking backstrap, obviously lighter in color, but dude, it was that long. No, that's an exaggeration. It was that long and it was that wide and he cut it down the middle and then just started making those chunks. And dude, we got a ton of meat and the, the other side of the breast was still intact full and he was going to he cut that out but he was going to save it for his the girls at home it's uh and there's not a lot of obviously they don't have a lot of like fat or silver skin or anything you're not wasting any you pretty much yeah, eat they don't have all that fat. meat you know yeah you eat it all yeah and that's the thing about wild turkey fat is that if it's not done right and seasoned the right way it can get you too but the way that bobby does it with that pickle juice it breaks it down so freaking unbelievable i'm telling you i'm i will never i don't know if i'm never going to eat a chicken again without putting it in in pickle juice have you tried chicken in it yeah since then i've done it twice and not fried it i i did i broiled it and got the skin real crispy triggered it and then broiled it like really got a th crispy skin on it unbelievable well you know who's the pickle master your brother yeah i know but he's stingy like, I ask him, you know, bring me some eggs. Bring me some pickles. Yeah, he does kind of hoard that stuff. Hoard it? It's not even a question. Maybe it's, he'd give you the juice, though. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. I do have a jug here, though, but it's probably not enough. It might be enough to marinate marinate a Cornish game. And I'm going to try it on some, you know, darker fowl, like a duck, you know, or a quail. I don't know. It'd probably be good on a quail. That's about the same meat with, a, you know, a chucker, a quail. A pheasant needs it. You know what needs it more than anything is a freaking pheasant. Yeah. Dating Anna now, she kills pheasants. I'm like, that's the worst eating food there is. Yeah. Like, that's the most, like, I'm not a big pheasant fan at all because here's the. Well, the worst might be a sage hen. Sage hen could do with a little pickle. Sage hen would be great. We got to get some sage hen and do it because I love frying sage hen, putting in a marinara sauce, a red meat sauce for pasta. But pheasant people, what do they do with it? The number one pheasant recipe in the world. 
cream of mushroom soup yeah, yeah, making yeah. a casserole. Yeah. Clint used to do that. And I look at him like, dude, what are you doing? You could put any, that's why they have tuna casserole. You could put anything in a casserole. Ugh, and it tastes good. I'm not a fan of that cream of mushroom though, that pheasant. No. And then you, you, you're tasting the cream of mushroom and it's all steamy and gross. Like, you know, like if you don't mush, mush, and then the pheasant is like sawdust because mm-hmm. they overcook the pheasant because it's so easy to overcook pheasant because it's, it's, it's still a, a game bird. You still have to cook it to temp and people way sawdust it and overcook it. But now that pickle juice, I bet you we could do some sick brines with that pickle juice. I just had an unbelievable business idea, and I'm not going to say it on the air. You did? Yeah. You just had an idea? Yep. What was it? You want to? You can edit it out. There's a No, place- you don't have to do it. I'm no. not going to edit it out. You can tell me later. I'll yeah. forget to edit it out, and then somebody will steal it, and then you'll be pissed at me. They really would. They would? Yeah. Well, if it's as good as you say. That turkey hunting, though, that reaping, I'm, I'm more of a traditionalist that I like – you know, I'm not even a guy that likes getting up in the early in the dark to do it anymore. Not that I'm lazy, because I'll get up. If I know that there's a four, four or 500 big Canada geese or 8,000 lessers going into cornfield, I'll be up at 3 a.m. to go set up a spread. Or if I know that we're with Rocky and they need help setting up a spread at 2 in the morning because we're putting out 2,000 white, you know, green headgear full bodies and specs, I'll be up. But to kill a turkey in the dark off of the limb is not my favorite anymore. I like 10 a.m., they're off the first bird. They've already mated once in the day. They're lounging by themselves. They're done fighting. They're going to get a nap. They're going back into the cover. And you get in that deep cover of timber or trees. And, and you know, that part of California is different because it's a lot of orchards. Of orchards. Stuff, but if yeah. you can get on the riverbeds in the jungle, and you can they get call the, it. in the trees and stuff and you cut one, you're killing it. If you cut one, he's coming at you and you need to make up your mind like that, like I'm going to him, but you, if you're too aggressive, he's coming at you. So you have to stop, be real quiet again, get him again, and then he's going to be closer. And then you just got to settle down because turkeys cover way more ground than people think. When they want to come, they will be in full sprint at your ass. They and, move fast. And yeah. they don't, you don't see them a lot of the times when they're coming at you. They're moving faster than you think. You know, so that that's my favorite is cutting them off from their nap and him going, oh, Two for Tuesday, huh? <laughs> a little afternoon delight. Yeah, a little afternoon delight. A little, a little, you know, t- you know. And I love killing mallard ducks from ten to two. I don't like killing them when it's in the dark. Now, in the flooded timber, you go in there in the dark because they're coming off that rice at night and they're going in that tin timber for security and safety in the morning to stay out. You know, get those acorns and so hawks and eagles don't mess with them. So they raft up in those trees. So you got to be there. There's different cases for every application of different hunting, but. Man, that turkey hunting, I don't know what it was about this last trip that I was on. I didn't even carry a gun. I didn't have to. I was going with people and calling, trying to call, doing my best. Like, you know, I, we just went over these new calls I just named, the, these new pot calls and box calls that Jargon's launching. And that's how I really think about turkey calling. I honestly think of it as like a freestyle rap. And I know that you can go to the national championships at NWTF every February in Nashville and hear unreal turkey calling. I know that there's guys that can control turkeys, but I've killed so many turkeys not knowing what I'm saying. Like, I know what I'm saying to ducks. Like, I have an idea. When I'm turkey hunting, I'm just, I don't really know what I'm saying in their vocabulary or their jargon, if you will. You know, it's funny because we, the, the, the bird that I got closest to killing, I could have killed in California. You know, we had a we had a, a a hen come in behind us, and she went call it a hundred yards without making a sound. Then got twenty five yards away from us and started just you know calling, 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 calling. And it's like I at first I thought it was fake. I, what I kind thought, of decoy did you have out? 
We had a, a laying hen, a Jake, a standing hen, and I think another Tom. God, that's a lot of decoys. But my idea of that is that she came in and saw what you were doing because she saw what you had. Yeah. And her mind goes, I ain't letting any of my boyfriends come check this out. I wonder. I'm going to call that one. If you did have a Tom out or a Jake, she's like, I'm going to get them boys off of that bitch. And then if anything else is in the remote area, I'm going to persuade him not to come into this shit. And that's what a lot of times, especially in California, because there's so many hens. And when even when they're not hinned up, there's so many hens around, they'll cut you off and take a, a bird away from you. It happens all the time. A hens, they're stingy. They want all the boys. They're sluts. So it's like they're, they'll freaking come in and see, oh, okay. And then they'll walk away and get a little bit and then try to persuade them to come on. She, she, went, she went 10 yards to the side of us and at some points was laying down and calling at these gobblers that were, you know, they were. Come ate me. Yeah, they were freaking. They were. But then, then they didn't like what we had going on was probably what happened. Because they came in, you know, and they were all balled up. But they got to like 50, 60 yards where she was probably 70. And they wouldn't come any closer. So we had something wrong with what we were doing probably is why that. I mean, I could have shot the one. But it was, it was, it was interesting, dude. And, man, they're loud. You know, they're louder than when they're calling that close to you. They're loud. Did you, did you go to Fifth Street? No, we went to, uh, we had, uh, you know, his college son. So we were kind of letting him call the shots. So we went to a pizza place the first night, which it was good. It was good pizza. Uh, you know, good lot, lot going on, a lot of people there. And then we went to that Mexican restaurant that's all the way at the end of the, which was really good, dude. Uh, Trace, Trace Ombre. Oh, Trace Ombre on the strip? Yeah. Trace is cool. You should have went to Bass Norte. I don't know. We let him pick, so. Bass Norte is the Louis or the Santa Fe of oh, Chico. Dude, I would have loved to And have And great there. tongue. See, Chance great doesn't tongue. know anything. He's only been there nine Chance months. Chance probably hasn't been in Bass Norte. But you don't go to Chico without going to Fish Street Steakhouse. Oh, I, would, I, I thought we were going there Friday night. Rocky wasn't around? No. Where was he? His kid had a baseball game. Hmm? Somebody had a baseball game. Rico? I don't know. Wasn't Rico with you? No, we you said had. His, uh, you said his. Who's it, Riley? Riley. Riley ain't no teenager. He's over twenty-one. He took you to pizza. No, Chance took us to pizza. Oh, Chance. Chance. Oh yeah. Well, my nephew. Yeah. yeah now yeah, I see your what you're saying. Took us pizza. Yeah. We let Chance pick where we were going. You know, Clint wanted to obviously spend as much. time He with took his you kid. to where the girls are. About, yeah. Huh? yeah. Oh yeah. College kid. Well, and you know, it's like dollar slices after nine p.m. Where is that turkey breast? Clint has it. He does. They didn't. They're not mounting that bird. No, and he's kicking himself in the ass for it too. Because when we were leaving, I said, ah, "I'm kind of bummed. I didn't get one. I wanted to get a mount, and he just, it hit him. He goes, I should have got Chance's bird mounted because it was huge and and beautiful.' And he, are you around this weekend? Let's cook. Uh, you want me to cook that turkey this weekend? Uh, I know I got a bartend. I think Friday night. What about Maybe Saturday? Bartend Saturday. I can't remember which one it is. Find out what night I am here, though. Find out what night, what night you can do it. Yeah, because dude, it's I'm telling you. I'm gonna, you I'm, do you have that fryer still? Or yeah, you I'm gonna, I'll have all of it. I'll have it all ready to roll. I'll have it all done. I'd like to, and then I'll we'll do a follow up episode. I'll let the world know if it really is that good. Now again, here's the only thing that could change on that. That one I ate with Bobby. Well, that oh. was fresh, and this one's pretty fresh. It's been frozen, but a lot of deep fryers it has to do with the dirtiness and the in the flavor of your oil sure so like that oil could have been perfect 
that we cooked it in that day. Did it the seem gator new or old? I know the gator oil that I cooked at Gary's with that gator in was freaking perfect. I could tell. I looked at it. I'm like, it's about time to change it, but it's got flavor. It's got you can because you can tell like when you're around enough turkey fries or or yeah. fish fries or whatever, you know good oil. And I could tell that this was going to be flavored good. And I asked Gary, I said, "Has there ever been any fish?" He goes, "No, that's not my fish oil." Yeah, because I don't want to cook. I don't want to cook anything in old fish oil. No. But that gator, both that gator and that turkey oil were good. So the oil I have is going to be brand new, and that plays a huge role in it. Right. Right. So that's why when you're like, maybe you cook a couple of potatoes or something in it first, or. So that's what I was just going to say. Like in a crawfish boil, even though it's not a fry right. and you got that hot water, it's always the third or fourth boil that's the right. best. When are you going to have another crawfish boil? It's, it's too late this year. Years, we'll, I'll commit to one next year. Pool party crawfish boil if we live here anymore. Jeez. How ready are you to move out of Reno? I'll, I'll leave tomorrow. Huh? I'd like to leave tomorrow. I'm serious. What's tomorrow uh, for 200, Alex? <laughs> uh, that would be leaving Reno. <laughs> leaving reno well that's turkey talk chat and alex fowley podcast hope you all enjoy that we're just fired up that we're this far into 2022 we got done hunting snow geese in march and then we went right into turkey season and here we are in may and we're still talking hunting been done for a week i just got back from turkeys in alabama and georgia and tennessee and missouri and nebraska montana alex just got done in california with clinton clay and chance and rocky and riley and rico and the entire crew at merlot waterfowl thank you all so much down there in california um it's just unreal being a hunter and here we are now it's may I love summer. We got the Reno Rodeo coming up in June. That's still one thing good about Reno is we still got the rodeo. Jack Daniels is going to be there. We're going to be with our, our family from Jack Daniels, from Brown Foreman in Louisville, Kentucky, and Jack Daniels in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Well, I know that Alex will be there with Pinocchios and the entire catering crew of JP and his family. Um and then we got July, 4th of July. We're going to be cruising. We got a busy summer. We're going to be at a ton of shows. Hopefully, y'all can come out and say hello, calling demonstrations, seminars, instruction. Then we'll be into August. We got some unbelievable concerts and other shows in August. And then, boom, September, Teal in Texas. Then straight to New York for Canada Geese. Dude, it's New going to be York. Unreal. Yeah, I'm going to New York. And I got an unreal. I'm going to be there for like 25 days. All in New York? All in New York hunting, and then the the last eight days is in the city. Upstate, so upstate New York first, and then yeah, and then I'm going to the city for. I'm bringing my daughter and some friends, and we're doing everything you can imagine in New York. All like going to Broadway, going to Broadway. We're going to see Hamilton, Fashion District, Yankees, Orioles at Yankees, Yankees Park, Statue of Liberty, 9/11 tribute, the memorial. We're hunting up there with some firefighters and police officers from 9-11 to pay a homage to them and then hunting season's back and then we're all the way into october november december january february and by the time you know it spring snow geese will be back around i'm going to tell you one thing that i think you should do in new york but maybe if you have a day without your daughter there's like a bar there i've never been to new york but there's a bar there it's like one of the oldest bars in new york and they serve light beer which is not light beer in the sense of like bud light but a light colored beer and a dark beer and that's it. And they, when you walk in or sit down, they say light or dark, half and half. Because you can get either a full glass of light, a full glass of dark, or you can have the two mixed like a, like a black and tan. You know, but what's a black and tan? Guinness and what? Guinness and like bass or something like that. You know, a different kind of a, a ale or lager or something like that on top of it. But that's all they. That's all they'll serve you. And it's from you know clear back in the probably early you know 1900s or late 1800s and they've just never really changed it's like a 
It's like one of the most popular bars to go to for New York. And it's in New York City. Yeah, I'll get you You'll the name. You'll give me the name. It. I'll get you the name. Because I'm going to some cool places. Dude, that place. Well, while we're here, let me message. Um, please know Crosby, New York Beer Bar, Gary Italian. Okay, I got the message to her. Turkey talk, turkey time. Hope you all uh, had a great turkey spring. Hope you're getting ready for a safe and fun summer. Keep that SPF, what, SPF 1530 on? What do you wear, 50? 50 now, dude. 50, huh, on that mm-hmm. dome? Oh, my God. You see the I don't pool, out? The pool looks head. good out there, huh? You, uh, ready, you ready to jump in? It did look nice. I, I had to wear jeans today because I was working, but... It did look nice. Thank you all for joining us here at the Fat Life Podcast. Thank you to all of our partners. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Today's episode of the podcast was brought to you by Rigid Industries. See the light. Own the night. Everything's better in the light. Thank you, Rigid, for believing in us, our brands, the culture, the American Hunter. Check them out. Their light bars, their rock kits, their fog lights, their backup and reverse lights for your rear bumpers. You name it. Rigid is building it. And when it comes to LED, I'm telling you there is no compromise. Don't get something that's going to go out in a year. They stand behind their products. The team is unbelievable. What's up, Flippo? Appreciate you, brother. Thank you very much to Rigid. Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast was also brought to you by Real Tree. We're fired up. We're launching their new waterfowl pattern this year. We, we, we were wearing the timber pattern in the turkey woods this year, and it worked perfectly. Friends, family, outdoors had an unbelievable podcast with Travis T-Bone Turner today and discussed what he's been going through. Stay strong, my brother. We're thinking about you. Thank you, Realtree, for believing in us and creating the best camouflage known to man since 1986. And today's episode of the Fat Life Podcast is also brought to you by Kershaw. These knives are sharp, aren't they? You've been using them? Yeah, very sharp. Unbelievable. I love them. You You have to be careful. I mean, I've been cutting up a lot of game this year, and I go too fast sometimes. Mm -hmm. But then their kitchen knives, they just sent me some of the new kitchen knives. That's what we were using in that turkey video. Sharp as frick. They got one of those those fillet those boat shaped fillet knives that you can rock back and forth dude i put my up my offhand on it i'm just going like this they they have the the best kitchen knives in the world arguably there's there's two or three main brands of professional knives and their brand is people argue theirs is number one and people will then only argue that it's number two They're, they're literally the best they're, uh, they're sharp as hell. And I mean, there's better kitchen knives out there, I ain't gonna lie, but they own the best. You're talking about the ones they own. Talking about the ones they own. I just got them. Have you seen them? No. You gotta come see them. Yeah. I'm talking sure. about Shin? Yeah. Shun. Uh, Shun? Shun? Yeah. And I, I haven't got my Shuns yet. I got the. Uh, the uh, Their other ones are the good. The Kai's? Too. Yeah. Dude, they're unreal. You gotta come but see Shun, them. Shuns are the best. Shuns in the are world. the best in the world. Yeah. I can't. Or, I got or them. Or coming. number two, depending on who you're talking to. I have them on order right now. Yeah. They're, they're unbelievable. It's funny that like, you say it's that. It's going to blow your mind when you get those. Did you guys use binoculars at all on these turkey hunts? Are you like looking down? Oh, yeah. I love looking oh, down. Dude. I love looking down the orchards. Seeing their freaking red heads. And dude. their red heads. And then, he's, and then they're turning white. And Oh, dude. That, that's actually as fun as, you know, killing them is just watching them. That's why this episode of the Fat Life Podcast is also brought to you by, we just had an unreal call yesterday with Vortex. They got stuff coming out in range finders and new spotting scopes. The binos are unbelievable. And you talk about a brand that doesn't compromise and isn't stopping 
Vortex Optics, Wisconsin, United States of America. Mark Boardman is coming up, appearing on a new episode of The Foul Life that's going to go to air sometime middle of July 2022, exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. We're hunting mallard ducks in Wisconsin, the home state, the headquarters of Vortex, where Mr. Mark Boardman makes his living. So thank you to Sawyer and Grant and Mark and the entire crew at Vortex Optics. Today's episode is I Love Decked. Let me interject first. Go ahead. It's very brief, but it's it's unbelievable. My brother's bighorn sheep tag. I'm up on top of a mountain. Got my Vortex spotting scope out. It's Vegas, so it's not that cold, but it was windy up there. I turned around to get a beanie out of my pack, and my spotting scope blew over, and it broke. And it it was my fault. It you know it was in the wind. I should have brought it down. I had you know all the way standing up, to, and I should have lowered it or I should have took it with me. I called them. I was like, hey. I broke my spotting scope. No, I didn't say it was my fault. And I never tried to act like it was any other, anybody's fault but my own. The dude said, no problem. You know, send it to me. I'll send you another one. I said, I appreciate that. However, I'm supposed to be hunting next weekend. I, I don't Isn't think that I, unreal. He goes, let me call the sportsman's warehouse in Reno. No way. Dude, he, this dude from Vortex, where, where'd you say they were? Wisconsin. Called the sportsman's warehouse in Reno Called me back five minutes later, said they have one in stock. Bring that one down to them. They'll swap it out for you, and then they'll send me the the damaged one, and I'll send them one to replenish their inventory. And I don't know that they, they hadn't – I did not mention that I was affiliated with you. I'm sure they didn't know who I was. I just did it as a normal customer. I broke my spotting scope thing, and I think they'll do that for anyone. They will. It's, it's unbelievable it's, customer amazing, service, dude. Amazing, amazing. Like unreal. You you do not see that anymore this these days. No, their customer service is unreal. Yeah, and they preach it. The CEO is an amazing person. The family's amazing. All their employees and team is amazing. And then decked Idaho. I love the drawer system, and I use it way more than I ever thought I would. And I used I used to take it for granted of like, no, I don't want to give up that much space. You don't take up that much room in your pickup. You know what I mean? Like I have a camper shell on there, and I still have tons of room to do what I want to do. But then inside those drawers. I'm keeping so much like with you. They got their cases and their bins and all of their dividers. And they have, you know, they have the peacekeeper in there now that you can do guns if you want rifles and long guns, shotguns, but another level of security that you can lock these trucks. We got from Corning Ford. Now we got our Lear toppers can lock them activated by your, you know, your truck locks, Mm -hmm. open the hinge, let down your tailgate. You can lock your tailgate that comes unlocked with your truck. Mm Mm-hmm. Lear locker up top. You can double lock both handles on that. Deck drawers on the bottom. You can lock both drawers on that. Safe as hell. Yeah, you feel okay parking in a hotel over the night or something like that. In some parts. In some parts. In some parts. Some parts. There are some professionals out there that will figure out whatever it takes. But that's why we always have a watchman watching. Right. It keeps the honest people honest. Is what it does. We always have somebody watching. The best. Remind me to tell you off camera about going across to but the day before we met you at talladega well, remind me to tell you about the hotel story did i tell you no the arkansas hotel story no remind me to tell you um but the deck drawers man it's just like you know i was gonna our, the next partner i was gonna talk about we have two more to talk about but the other one was meet you know the meet your maker you talk about, you know, your turkey jerky there's things that you can do with this meat product um and and equipment is that takes so much pride in it 
You take it off the shelf, you create magic. You wash it, you take a ton of pride in washing it and putting it back up, and I can't wait to get it down again to make more whatever we're doing. Mm -hmm. Same with this deck. I can't wait to open the drawers and see how everything is laid out. And then they offer that backpack, you know, they call it the D-bag, and I just leave it on the right side, and I, I pull my drawer open, unzip the top of that D-bag, flap it open, and I got all my Vortex optics protected in that D-bag. Well, you know, what, what I think the coolest part about it is you—, you personally you take that furthest bin and that's where your tools are you know what i mean and then you know you're never going to break down out in you know the middle of nowhere for us you know nevada coyote hunting and you and you don't have a a, a socket set or you don't have a screwdriver you know stuff happens when you're out there you know you get a flat tire you you break something on your truck you and if you haven't thrown a tool bag in or box in or you don't have one, if you have a deck, like I said, you save that very last compartment, all your tools are in there, you don't take them out except for to use them, and you put them right back, then you know you can comfortably go out there, and if something happens, you've got the stuff to fix. And always leave them there in the back yeah. compartment. Then always you, leave And it. then change out the other ones for fishing season, yep. trapping season, duck season. You go chucker hunting, you can change it out. You yep. go dog training, you change it out. You go to the beach, change it out. Well, you leave yeah. that, that, you know, you yeah. one drawer – you can change for anything you're doing, yeah. and three quarters of another one, same thing. Like yeah, that, you said, if you got your guns in one side, you got your ammo in the other, but you leave one specific spot for tools that are that stay in your truck all the time, you'll never be without. And if you don't have a camper shell, you could put your ramps on there and pull a four wheeler right up on top of that deck. I know that's what's that's cool. tough as hell. If you were a trapper, if you were tra if I was a, if I was a hardcore trapper like your uncle that just left, I'd have all my traps in one side. I'd have my four wheeler up on top, and you could run every road in in Nevada and go places. Nobody wants to go, you know, 100%. drop your four wheeler, rip up, set your line, come back. Don't yeah. have to worry about people messing with your stuff. Yeah, they're legit. Huge, legit. And the last one, you know, the last two that meet, you know, meet your maker is a, a company that first off, the employees in the team are amazing. They're, they're freaking just studs and they all hunt and they all butcher and process and they all cook wild game. They just get it. And I think that that's where, you know, my mindset is now talking about the turkey today is I want to cook wild game perfectly. Mm -hmm. Truly do. I want it to be such a good experience for everybody that's at that dinner, that lunch, wherever it is, even breakfast. You saw the other day, Clay, for Traeger Day, did wild goose breakfast Casserole kind of thing. Casserole yeah. deal. Um, amazing. homemade or homegrown eggs? Yeah. Um, just you can do so much with that meat your maker and the street tacos and, and, and the sausages and the pepperonis and the chorizos, everything that we're doing, you could stuff them, get casings, you, the, 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 the hydrators, the vacuum sealers, the saws, everything's legit all the way down to their bags and their yeah. labeling system. So become proficient, become passion, passionate about your wild game food and what you're going to do with your bounty after you kill that duck or that goose or that elk or that sheep or catch that fish stop making duck turkey. poppers out of everything <laughs> yeah i like i like a good popper so but you put I, cream cheese in it i'm gone not not every single one that's what i mean is that people and everybody can learn new recipes and do different Think outside it, the box step out of your comfort zone a little bit yeah the first time you grind up meat you're gonna feel like you did it wrong and yeah. then you're gonna eat it and you're gonna be like nope it's great you yeah know, it's it is it's and it's all trial and error it is and then to get that meat back, we depend on our boys, the McGee brothers, Thibodeau, Louisiana, Gator Coolers, G-A-T-R, Gator Coolers. I love them all. The 45, the 70, the 110 on wheels. Two of their models come on wheels, the 70 and the 110, the 10, the 20, 
everything they do is just badass and they're not reinventing the wheel they don't claim to be but the culture of the brand the support of our culture and our brands um you know just how they love to hunt and fish and eat wild game and i'm going to tell you this about the mcgee brothers i stood outside in cold tennessee and cooked a pot of gumbo watch brian mainly cook it and he works with these other guys cajun boys catering and they just kill it duck gumbo crawdads crawfish shrimps or scrimps um that that gator they can do i mean cajuns can cook oh yeah and that's the culture of gator coolers and we depend on them to get our wild game back or keep our drinks cold i like reaching in and getting a cold bud light or a coke zero have i gotten old that i only want a cooler with wheels on it no i don't think so at all try pulling a cooler with wheels across sand on the beach (laughs) it's very difficult (laughs) no i ain't i'm not superman anymore dude no. I don't think I ever was, but I'll get somebody else to man that other handle. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to have a herniated disc or a hernia just because I think that I worked out for a week. Right. Working out, like, I love working out. I love training, but it gets harder and harder. I ain't going to lie. Body's I mean, not meant to be this old. <laughs> it's not. In the, the dawn to be of time, dead by people now? died when they were like 30 years old. So you think now we have medicine up? and stuff that prolongs life, but your body is not meant to live this long. Oh, we got to break that down sometime. Mm-hmm. How do you define less then? What do you mean? I mean, less is, doesn't take medicine. Yes, he does. Less don't know how. He don't, what does he take? I don't know what he takes, but I guarantee he's used. He, less would be dead from that honey went on when he busted his head open is what I'm saying. When you, when you had an injury like Les had 100 years ago, you died. Now they save you. That's what I'm saying. Medicine well, and a, doctors and stuff, they, that's why people... We're not meant to live this long. That's why your body breaks down when you get to be like 35, 40. I can't argue that, but I'm not saying it's, it's funny not nice to, hear to you live say past the body's that. meant to be this old. Right. We're, you're just holding it together, dude. Um, I guess I, I, I could, I could roll with that. We could that's break our that sponsors. down. That's our sponsors. They're good ones too. Support it's unreal. Support I mean, us. we could go, we can keep going on. I don't want to bore anybody. We'll have some more on, on another episode of the Fat Life Podcast. Thank you all so much for being here. For Alex Crosby, I'm Chad Belling, the Fat Life Podcast. Take it away. 2 a.m. Logic. This song is called My Fat Life.